0: Welcome to another edition of Trendy, the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers, and Martin, you and I both got out to a pretty good start yesterday. I'm at six units on five wagered. You're at 5.7 on six wagered. I will say you came within a couple bounces of the basketball to having a hell of a night. As usual, you weren't wrong. You were early. You kept betting the first halves of competitive games. Thunder came out rolling in the third instead of the second. If they scored 40 in the second, you would be rolling the money right now.
1: Freaking Jason Tatum hit the toughest shot of his night with two seconds left in the half to go ahead and, and blow that. But, uh, yeah, no, I was cooking with gas yesterday.
0: Yeah, and you you faded me on the right one. I mean, I took a no-name college guy on the over just based on pure numbers. You smelled that one out. He ended up going one for four from three. I don't think he took a shot for the last, like, 15 minutes. So that one stung, but – Uh, All over the Thunder and that Thunder Celtics game was amazing. I want to talk about a little bit later in the show because the Thunder, believe it or not, are going to make another appearance. Before we get into all that, Martin, though, I thought we might have the opportunity to be not, uh, not wrong, but early yet again. I don't have you next week after week 18, so I thought we might talk a little bit about some conference odds and some Super Bowl odds before the playoffs are even set. Because sometimes that's a good way to get value, right? Like I was looking at the odds this morning, and I think what's really interesting is the Buffalo Bills ha- might not even make the playoffs. Like they have this w- weird range of outcomes that they could be either second or they could be out. Yet they still have the fourth best odds over at Caesars to win their conference. Like how do you get? Uh, how do you attack the market heading into Week 18 before the seedings in order to find value?
1: I've been on the cowboys to win the nfc East since before the season started and now that it might only fight start to take shape i'm thinking of taking uh the opposite now because right now you get mm-hmm. eagles to win the nfc so like four to one depending on where you shop at but if you take the commanders on the money line to beat the to beat the cowboys and the giants on the money line to beat the eagles that parlay pays out at like 10 to 1. so yeah. that it is the same exact result so i think what the smart play to do is if you're looking at a team that you like to win their division or you like to win the conference or whatever, do the math on how it plays out. Like, how do they get how it, what is the path and then bet on the path as opposed to just taking the odds that the book gave you? Because Eagles, I mean, I'm sorry, Commanders and Giants money line Parlay pays out way more than the four to one that Eagles to win the NFC East does.
0: Great point. I mean, for those of uh, everyone listening on the podcast and not watching us on the video, I almost broke my neck, bobbing my head along with everything that you're saying. I love this, like, bet this, not that discussion. And I kind of feel the same way about the Ravens right now to win the conference because the Ravens right now are plus plus one hundred and forty in the AFC. And I got to tell you, Martin, like every single year, we kind of have this team that like looks like a uh, Tarzan, but ends up like Jane in the playoffs. And I'm afraid it might be the Ravens. I know that might be a hot take. I think they're peaking too early. I don't think they're as good as they've looked in the last few weeks. I think they're a good team, perhaps the best team, but because of the dominance they've shown recently, the odds have now shifted so heavily in their favor. that I think there's value everywhere else. So I would take, like, a everybody else is going to win the conference besides the Ravens if I saw that posted. But the other way to do that is the Ravens are plus 140 right now, and you can just take the money line in the semis, and then if they win that in the conference finals, and still end up with a pretty good return because it's going to be a plus number both times.
1: Well, I have a question for you then. Do you think it's more likely that Kansas City is one and done or in the conference championship? Because I think there's a little bit of value. Like, as much as I have been down on the Chiefs this year, when I look around the AFC, like you're talking about the Bills, right? They might miss the playoffs, they might be the 2 seed. I think the Ravens have kind of established themselves as the betting favorite, but I just put it like this. Anytime you can get Patrick Mahomes at a discount, that's that's generally good money.
0: And that's so, kind of where uh, I'm thinking you could look. Yeah, Chiefs plus 400 right now at Caesars as a conference winner. I'm holding a Chiefs Super Bowl ticket at 8 to 1 from before the season. Uh so I've already invested, I would probably be looking to fade it, but I have a blind spot for Mahomes. Like, I know Kelsey looks decrepit. I know their defense looks suspect. I know their wide receivers look exactly as they are, which is horrible. But, like, I can't get past Mahomes in the playoffs. I mean, you see the body of work. The guy seems to find a way to get it done, which means that I don't know if there's value left there, right, because there's more people who think like me that think the other way, that this is the year that he finally gets overwhelmed by the uh, lack of talent around him. And so, like, I, I like it, but I would like almost any number just because I have such a blind spot for the guy.
1: I also look at these teams – so, like, I look at the rest of the NFC, right? Like, the NFC, like, the Lions are going to be the three seed right now. And depending on where you shop at, they're, like, 22-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Yep. Like, the the Cowboys will be the two seed. They're eight and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. Like, I understand San Francisco – like, I, that's how I'm looking to fade, is believe it or not, is San Francisco. Because, Interesting. Okay. Well, I just – Kyle Shanahan is 0-38 in games in which he has trailed by eight or more points in in the fourth quarter. That matters immensely to me, right? And I get, and especially, and I think you can distill it down to, he's never had a dynamic quarterback, right? I'm not knocking Brock Purdy, but he's not as dynamic as Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, even Dak Prescott, in my opinion, right? He's good. He's fine. But that's it. He's just fine. You know what I mean? He's 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 eggs with no salt and, and, and pepper. He's just like you can eat them, but you'd rather have some seasoning, right? So I look at I look at that. I look at like so I look at those teams in the NFC because right now the the 49ers are such prohibitive favorites to advance that yeah,
0: minus one twenty-five to win the NFC at Caesars.
1: And that's ridiculous. You know, that's that's how could anybody be minus anything to win a, the conference right now? Like that's that to me is absurd.
0: So how are you fading it? Are you taking Cowboys uh, plus 350, Lions plus 800. Are you sprinkling some on the Rams 2,500? Like, who, if they're not going to make it, who is? Because in your uh, point of view, which I, I like, the Niners are dragging everybody's odds down below their true odds. But you don't want to bet the whole board before Week 18. You don't want to bet nine or ten different teams. Would you bet those three, or would you add anybody else, or would you cut the Rams out? How would you attack it?
1: I would bet the Cowboys, the Lions, and uh, and I probably probably the Rams. Whoever whoever ends up playing the the winner of the NFC South, because I think Ooh, the winner of the NFC out. South would be done. So whichever wildcard team stumbles into that spot, just in case the Cowboys or the Lions do run into uh, you know uh, some trouble. But I don't I don't know, man. Everybody keeps making these jokes about how the Pistons had to sacrifice being great for the Michigan football and the Lions to win. So maybe this is the year for the Lions. And if it is, that's a ticket you would love to have.
0: Well, maybe this is a chance to marry our viewpoints together. I don't know. I'm just talking through it live here on the air, which is always fun. Uh, No net. Is would you rather bet the Super Bowl odds? Because if anybody but the Ravens make uh, make it out of the AFC, then if you're getting plus 800 on the Cowboys rather than plus 350 on the conference, if it's anybody but the Ravens, you might set up a middle. You might set up like if the Dolphins make it out or like, who, I mean, who the hell knows? Like somebody crazy like the Texans or the Browns, the, um, the Cowboys would then be the favorite. And you'd rather have the plus 800 than the plus 350 at that point, right? Because you'd be able to either go against it or figure out creative ways to, to make that bet. Or are you like, I'm just focused on the NFC. I'm just focused on the Niners. I'm just going to bet the conference line rather than to win the title.
1: No, nah, I mean it's the Super Bowl sets it up. It's Super Bowl sets it up. I'm just focused more on the fact I'm betting every time of permission that I can against the San Francisco 49ers. So how okay. can I figure that out? Especially like the Cowboys have lost to this team, what, three times in a row in the playoffs? What type of odd like if you if I told you four years ago that the San Francisco 49ers would beat the Cowboys four years in a row in the playoffs, you would be like, No chance. I'm not taking yeah. that bet just on random chance, random luck. That's not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I think I think I agree with what you're saying. Like, you know, yeah, it's it's uh what is it? It's the prior results fallacy, whatever it is, is like you walk up to a roulette table and you see black sit three times a row. Well, it's gotta be red this time. It's like, no, the, the previous thing didn't, but that's not true in sports, because in sports it's not like a true coin flip every time. Like you have the actual exactly. talent evaluation, you have a non-50-50 opportunity. I think in looking at these, I would bet the Super Bowl odds. For if you like the Cowboys in the conference, I'd bet their Super Bowl odds. If you like the Eagles, I'd bet their Super Bowl odds. But I wouldn't bet the Rams Super Bowl odds or even the Lions Super Bowl odds because at certain points you get like down too down, far down the underdog list, and I don't think you're getting the right value because they're also going to be underdogs most likely depending on who makes it out of the AFC. So I think looking at the list, the ones I like the most are Cowboys 800 on the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are this bad. So, like, I think they're they're, now their line has fallen uh, past their talent level. Like, they still have the brotherly shove. They still have Jalen Hurts. I think I'd take them on 1,200 with the sprinkle. I would definitely take Rams, 2,500 on the conference. And then over on the AFC, I think I'd take the Dolphins at plus 575. And I can't believe I'm saying this, given who their quarterback currently is. But the Browns at plus 1,400 in the conference. Browns at plus 1,400 in the conference.
1: I think it's sharp. I really do, because in part, like, that's why it is, because it's Joe Flacco as their quarterback. And I'm not saying Joe Flacco is any great shakes, right? But it, I think, like, we, Brett and I were talking right before you hopped on. He asked me what I would do in Chicago. My answer would be I would try to build a great team and then find a quarterback. Justin Fields might be that quarterback. But I think when you see that, if you have an established running game, if you have a good defense, if you have a quarterback that is is above the Mendoza line of quarterbacks, then you should be able to win games like that'll that'll get you wins and I can't get you over the top no but it's essentially the same strategy that San Francisco has been implementing this entire time that Shanahan's been the guy if you have a quarterback that is good enough you will win a ton of games and like defense travels in the playoffs running game travels in the playoffs and Joe Flacco is going to he's the type of quarterback that's going to give his guys a chance to win outside
0: he absolutely has been, you know, well, I was about to say minimize mistakes, but that's old like Ravens, Joe Flacco. Now he's turning it over two times a game yeah. and somehow thrown for 400 yards. I don't, I don't know what freaky Friday situation we've got with what version of Flacco we have now versus like the game manager that won rings, but it's working for him.
1: He always had a big rifle and he's shooting it off a lot today. Like this, or this, 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 this iteration of his career, but they got weapons, dude. Like they got weapons. Hopefully Elijah Moore is able to come back from his brain injury, but like, Amari Cooper's one of the two he's still he's always been one of the best receivers in the league to me. And I know that Cowboys fans didn't like him for some of the certain things that he would do or and doesn't, doesn't like to play when it's cold outside or whatever. But uh he could still, I mean, franchise record and Browns receiving for a reason right now.
0: So if uh you were really going for the record today and trying to put it out of reach forever, could I interest you in a Cowboys Browns Super Bowl parlay plus sixty seven fifty at Caesars?
1: I, hey. I think both of those teams are going to have 12 wins by the end of the year. Like, that's really good. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, you don't stumble into 12, maybe 10, maybe nine, you know, you sneak in at nine and eight type of deal. No, no, no. You don't stumble into 12 wins. You're a good team with 12 wins.
0: Yeah, look, I think this year, and, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, and then we'll get down to our picks. But I think this year has been more segmented than in previous years, where like the up and downs of individual teams have been more extreme than usual. We haven't had anybody who kicked off a of week 17 and then took a knee in week, I'm sorry, week one and then took a week uh a knee in week 18. And you're like, Well, that was the best team the entire season. We've had four or five maybe six different teams that at some point somebody was saying they were the best teams whether it was the Eagles whether it was the Cowboys or it was the Niners whether it was the Ravens whether it's the Chiefs whether it was the Dolphins like we've all we've had this like rotating cast of best teams so i think when you get into applying the odds and trying to make some of these future bets fading the current version of the best teams the 49ers and the Ravens is where the value is because it's not like they've been dominant since uh since the jump
1: All I gotta do is look at the MVP eyes. We've had eight different players heavily favored to win the MVP this year. Eight different guys. And Lamar Jackson was it twice, (laughs) probably end up winning it now. But you know, that's how that just shows you how how much this season, or at least, I should say the week to week perception of the league has changed on a on a week to week basis.
0: And I I, yeah. I don't want to make your head explode because I know you've been all over this corner. But the very fact that Lamar Jackson is about to win the MVP of the league by settling just around like his uh, like his line his preseason line on things like rushing yards and um and touchdowns, it's like okay, so he did exactly what Vegas expected him to do. He's now by doing exactly what he expected him to do, he's the most valuable player in all of football. But nobody wanted to offer him a contract. Like, make sense of that for me?
1: I got one more collusion. That's that's all that's the only way it makes sense is collusion. Like it, it it's illogical on the other. Like the idea that this the idea that this asset was out there and just was anybody could have oh what the ravens were gonna match the deal. Make them match. Make them yeah. match. Oh, God forbid you make them pay an exorbitant amount of money for their quarterback. And what's the worst case scenario? You get a guy who's about to win the MVP again. Like what's yeah, the <laughs>
0: I'd say the worst case scenario is you'll have the Ravens get a discount on them, surround them with the other talent because they're a smart front office. And suddenly they're, you know, plus 140 to win the conference.
1: You got to harm him somewhere else. I mean, just looking at teams like like right now, I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons 500 to one to win the Super Bowl. What do you think those odds would be if they had Lamar Jackson instead of the combination of of uh, Frankenstein and Desmond Ritter and uh, Taylor Heineke?
0: I don't know, but I bet you I still would have found a way to lose a bunch of money on the Falcons. The Falcons are going to Falcons no matter who's their quarterback. All right, so no collusion between us and our sponsors. We want to give them some love. So let's hear from Caesars, then we'll be back with our picks.
2: 21 and over only, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after
3: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All
0: right, Martin, we are back and it is time to play another round of Heart, Head, Heater Cred. I have a very slight lead over you. It gives me honors and I am all NBA today. I messed around with college yesterday. It actually paid off for me. That uh, Purdue-UNC parlay that I gave out yesterday cleared without even a sweat. That one was real nice on the cred pick. It was what gave me the lead. But I am sticking with nothing but the pro game. And I'm leading off in the heart category with the Timberwolves on the money line, plus Jalen Brunson to combine for 30 plus points or plus uh, points and assists. You put those together, you get minus 102. Uh, anybody has been listening to this show knows that I've been all over the Timberwolves and I've been kind of short in the Pelicans just before the season even tipped off we've got a lot more Zion jokes than we've ever had before Uh, boy needs to keep his shirt on if he really wants to keep his reputation going I don't like what they're producing on the court and I just love the Timberwolves straight up I don't see them uh, losing another game in the near future and I think they're about to run off four or five starts against the Pelicans and then Jalen Brunson uh, one of the best things about doing this show Martin and hopefully about listening to it is like I keep bringing on new people and those new people have individual expertises and so we had Brian Gorso recently who hit me to a bunch of Knicks bets and this Jalen Brunson 30 plus um points assist. He usually does points assist rebounds, but he's only averaging about four rebounds and the juice was way worse if you had rebounds through the line. So just doing points and assists uh, allowed me to get this down to 102. The line is 37.5, so it's adjusted. He's getting the Bulls who really struggle against dominant ball handlers. Vucevic and, the, and crew cannot defend the pick and roll. I think he's going to sail past this number. I actually think he's got a chance to be in the 40s if you want to play it straight up on the 37.5, but adjusting it down gives me a big cushion. Time In of the Timberwolves lines I'm getting even money and feel good about it
1: yeah no from first of all I love that pick and honestly I saw that my my uh my hard pick was going to be the one that you use for cred so I'm going to let you have it and tail you on that one I'm going to be you're going to be a try to try to play the game to win that's what you got to do Toby the best games are the ones you win uh no so I'm going to take the Knicks in the first half here I'm going to take the Knicks in the first half minus five the Bulls just got ran yesterday by the 76ers it was pretty ugly that team stinks they only averaged 105 points in their last four games and i like the fact i like what you're talking about in terms of jalen brunson he's going to go off um and but i wonder you know as they try to get og and anobi involved in the offense how that how that impacts so instead of taking him on a on a prop i'm going to go ahead and just take the team minus five in the first half against the chicago bulls
0: Any chance you get to fade the Bulls is going to be a popular pick here on Trinity. It was almost my heater this week. I almost just said fade the Bulls all week, like you're fading the Spurs, but I'm trying to save that for next week, most likely. Uh, So uh, let me hear the rest of them, but anytime you're against the Bulls, I'm with you, so I might jump on that with you. Uh, We'll head over to the head category where, Martin, I am betting on Jalen Duran to continue to ball out and put up another double-double. and To get the odds down on that, I'm pairing it with Kawhi Leonard over .5 first-quarter assists at a super tasty plus 161 over at Caesars. Jalen Dern has gone for a double-double in nine out of his last ten, quietly having an excellent season for a more bound Pistons team. It's hard to get any good press out of Detroit right now, a place I know that's near and dear to your heart, but if good press could emanate from it, it should all be floating his and Cade's way. He is a beast, I remember uh, him all the way back to college, and when he went 13th in that 2022 draft, I was losing my mind as the Wizards took the immortal Johnny Davis instead of taking a guy who was going to be good for 15-15 for the five years on his rookie deal over and over again. Pairing it with Kawhi, uh, this is the head category, so just following the stats here. Kawhi has had a first-quarter assist in 82% of his 2023 games. He did an 80% of the time in – I'm sorry, 82% in 2023, 80% in 2022. He started at nine of his last ten. He looks – as good as he's looked in the last several seasons going against the Suns tonight. So uh, going against, you know, fellow, fellow ballers and Durant at all, I uh, think he shows out, I think the Clippers continue to show out and it's so easy to get one assist when the ball hits your hands as much as it does with Kawhi, he pops it over to, uh, for a jumper, gives him feed down low, whatever it might be, does it every single game. So to get big plus numbers for two things that are happening, nine out of 10 feels like good value to me.
1: And to your point, last uh, Victor Wembanyama had two blocks to end the first quarter. And then finished, finished four in the four first, first half. Yeah, four in the first roller. half, uh, I'm gonna go ahead for my head pick strictly for the numbers. Well, I know you just picked this team on the money line in your hard category, but in the first half, the Timberwolves are two and eight in their last ten, and they rank thirtieth in first half turnover volume over the last ten games. So combine that with the new one of those Pelicans going nine zero and one against the spread in their first 10, yeah, I'll go ahead and take Pelicans first half plus
0: 3.5. Wow, look at that. I had no idea either of those numbers were coming out. I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense. Like, Anthony Edwards has been a, just dominant in the second half as he tries to put his stamp as a clutch player in this league. I'm more surprised at that Pelicans number. Their starting five isn't so dominant that I would expect them to jump out to early leads, but it seems like they're really clicking, huh?
1: Well, also I think their their starting five is not the best, but their, their bench unit is pretty good. Right. So I think what ends up happening is without you know, I don't have the numbers on all of this, but I'd imagine the first half, I mean first quarter they probably stay about even. And then the second quarter they probably stretch out when bench units start to come in.
0: Great point. I'm going to have to dig into those numbers. As I said, I love to learn from my guests. I've got some great Knicks picks now. I might not have to look into the Pelicans. I might give them a second look now that you're uh, pointing me in that direction. So on the heater side, Martin, uh, I'm still waiting until Friday. I'm still waiting for all the player props to come out, dig into the incentives a little bit more. So I'll be giving out three heater picks on Friday. You're fading the Spurs again, right? What are you going to do with that this uh, this show?
1: Yeah, I think the, the Spurs play tomorrow. They play the Bucks, who will be on a – the second game of a back-to-back but guess yep. what I don't care you know that team's terrible so I'm gonna go ahead and fade him anyway
0: first half or game do you think
1: I'll do it for the I'll do it for the full game yeah I like that game.
0: yeah I like that I mean Wemby, uh he looked good against the Grizzlies last night but he's not all that consistent when if he unless he has like a 30 point performance like unless he goes for like 30 and 18 they've got no chance They've got no chance. They have almost no other NBA players besides him. And so I don't know what the whole project's going to take down there. But when you put him against the Bucs, who are going to be coming off a Pacers game that is going to continue to push them and not to the point where they can't go ahead and take care of business the next night. I like that quite a bit. I want to hear your cred pick, but you've got some strong ones so far. Uh, You've already said you're tailing my cred pick. And it is because I am going with the best matchup according to against the spread record possible in the entire NBA. I don't care that the Thunder played a knockdown drag out uh, game against the Celtics last night. I actually like that. I like that they really grinded it out last night uh, against the Celtics. And they really impressed me, Martin. I mean, I don't know if if you're watching that game. Uh, I watched the second half. It was awesome. You're watching it?
1: Yes, That's why I saw Jason Tatum stab me in the heart as the clock expired in the second quarter.
0: <laughs> well, I, I dialed in on the second half after I got my kids to bed. And so I saw that explosive third quarter for the Thunder and in watching it, since you were watching it, too, like I I, I love the entire arc of that game like seeing exactly what the Thunder are capable for justifies some of the, you know, feelings I get down on my loins every time I, I watch them, and especially when I bet them because they've been cashing for me all year. Like, if Josh Giddy is going to be hitting threes like that, like, it's a wrap. There's really nothing you could do against them. If he's if that guy's even going to stress the floor against them, um, right. Chet stepping into the clutch three at the end of the game, not being scared of the moment, lining it up and knocking it down because Porzingis didn't close out fast enough. Because, like, Shea obviously is that dude and Chet could actually step up and crunch time and hit shots like that i don't know what their holes are um i was a little nervous about the celtics though like the celtics having the full compliment like having poor Zingles, having white having holiday tatum and brown and not being able to get stops that entire third quarter was really worrisome to me but then they came with that ferocious comeback and answered some of those questions and like i think we might have been watching and i, I oh god i I'm probably going to get accused of hot taking for this, but here on January 3rd, 2024, I think we watched the two best teams in the NBA play last night.
1: They're up there. I mean, you got another one playing tonight against the Knicks. The Timberwolves are one of the better teams in the league right now, but I do think it might be just a little bit early. This time last year, uh, actually 366 days ago, the New Orleans Pelicans were atop the Western Conference standings. Zion grabs his hamstring in Philadelphia and never comes back, and they don't even make the play in.
0: Well, that is one thing I love about the is because of, of their savvy drafting because of the front office that they have and because of the draft positions they've had for what feels like forever, they're way deeper, right? Like Shea obviously is the is what stirs the drink, but like all of their dudes, like all of them, they're like nine or 10 deep. And I feel good about any of them stepping into the rotation. In fact… I don't know. I feel better about J Dub than I feel about anybody on the Wizards. And he's what, like the fifth or sixth best guy? It's just the depth that they have is pretty impressive. And so, I, I, God forbid, if Shea went down, I think they might fold a little bit, but I don't think they'd go full Pelicans on us, even if they lost their best player.
1: I tell you, watching that game last night, Shea for MVP. Yeah. I would, he's like, and I know people might see that, sit there and laugh. I commend, I, I challenge you. Watch Oklahoma City game. He's different. He is just different.
0: I have a straight face. I have no laughter whatsoever coming out of me. When like, if you put together a list of the five best defensive guards, isn't that Boston's whole thing? Is it Boston's yep. whole thing? Like, oh, we have got Derek White and Drew. So like, in this ball dominant league, we're the only team that can uh that can stop them. He made he made them look silly. He Scalabrini made them look said flat it on the broadcast.
1: Bad. Scalabrini said it on the broadcast in the first half. He's like, this is the best defensive backcourt in the NBA, and he's moving past them like they're not even there.
0: I couldn't believe it. Like it wasn't even like he was like Kyrie like creative artistry at the rim hitting like nope. crazy spinners off the backboard. He was just buying for easy layups. His his
1: his 0 to 60, his his first step is his first step is the the, fat, the speed of t- some guys two steps. Like he's not like crazy moves or anything like that. It's just like just that quick quick reaction speed is something that if he can keep that up for the rest of the year, look out cuz there's there's no it, it's like If John Morant was four inches taller and weighed 25 more pounds.
0: And look, he's a tremendous dude. And I I wish nothing but the best for Jalen Brown, but they've got a, they've got a different version of the Draymond green problem in uh, Boston and that you don't know who you're getting in any given night. And like, he's your second most important player, uh, at least uh, certainly by payroll and largely by reputation. And if he plays like last night, they're not going to win the title. And if he doesn't step it up consistently in pressure situations, like in a game where you're getting punched in the face when the Thunder were throwing those haymakers, like we're talking about like trying to short the 49ers and short the Ravens. I'm trying to short the Celtics right
2: now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Especially, you know, I wonder if he's like fully recovered from that hand injury, that hand that it suffered last playoffs that made him not be able to dribble with his left hand, if not fully recovered, like mentally recovered.
0: I, I I want them all the way back. Like, I love an NBA with heavyweight clashes. And, like, if we got a, a prime Jalen uh, Brown, like, performing, if they make it out of the Eastern Conference, then whoever makes it out of the West, we're going to have an excellent final. But, like, you know, it's just a Jekyll and Hyde on both sides. We're going to see a bunch of, like, 20-point blowouts in the finals just based on who shows up. So, I don't know. I want them to do better. Anyway, back to tonight's pick. Uh, it's the Thunder at Caesars. They are minus 1 and minus 115 against the Hawks. And this it seems like the rat line of all rat lines, Martin, for the NBA. Like you're able to smell them out all the time in the NFL. So I'm really happy you're tailing me because, like, I don't, I can't make sense of this. The Thunder, I know they're coming off a of back to back, but so what? They're the single best team in the NBA against the spread. You know who the single worst team is against the spread? By a long shot, it's the Hawks. And so they're going head to head tonight, like throw out the back to back, throw out the mismatch in talent, throw out everything just based on that. If this was like a blind test, would you take a minus one for the team that covers the spread better than anything else versus the team that's worse against the spread? Of course I would. So give me two units on it tonight.
1: Yeah, I, I like that pick. I'm going to tail it, but my, my cred pick again, trying to blow you out of the water, the Milwaukee bucks played the Indiana Pacers today. Giannis and mm-hmm. uh, four games this season so far, He's had two totals of 30 and 37. Another one, 64 and 54. All right. Indiana has, I mean, Miles Turner is more concerned with playing with Legos and getting down in the paint and playing <laughs> defense and shooting threes. Uh, and the the speed at which they play just opens the court up for Giannis. He's gonna get a ton of free throws. He's gonna be in the paint all the time. He scores 98, 94% of his points in the paint or something ridiculous like that above 90. Like his point scoring would get him an A on a a grammar school test. Like that's (laughs) how many points he's scoring in the paint. And the Indiana Pacers, like, again, they're a defense optional team. Yeah, I'm taking Giannis to score over 48 points at plus 480. So just under five to one for Giannis to score over 48 points. I think he hits a 50 ball. Uh, today against the Pacers, and when you may remember the last time these two teams met, they had uh, the uh, ball boy gate in which Giannis wanted to steal the ball back and they couldn't, they wouldn't give it back to him. And Oscar Tshiebwe had hit a free throw at some point allegedly, so they wanted to get him the ball. So it was like he's a uh, you look for motivational spots in the NBA, especially in the 82 game season. I know they played two days ago and but he did go for 30 in that game. 30, I mean 30, 18, and 11. So that just shows you. But no, I'm still taking him over 48 in this game because even still, even though they played last time, I don't care. He still doesn't like this team. There's still a lot of attitude behind this team. And plus, I mean, you try playing Giannis at the same time in two weeks and hold him under 30. I'm liking for I like I like him to go off tonight. I think he hits at least 50.
0: I uh, don't want to fade uh, the Greek freak, nor do I want to fade you, particularly when you're going on something this heavy. So I'm just going to stay away from this and enjoy the fireworks. Cause that was an awesome game when he went for that 60 piece in terms of the antagonism between the two teams. Uh, if, and honestly, if this wasn't, you know, the, if this was the first time they played since then, I'd be like, all right, give me that off the court drama. Give me that. Like I could see him putting up the 50, but I think he could do it anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit that one out. I'm gonna back your uh, fading the Bulls earlier. So give me that first half Timberwolves to back up my money line pick. I want two bites against the Bulls. I think that's better value. And if you do hit the Giannis piece, I'll be chasing you on Friday. But at least we'll have had a fun night on Wednesday night on my couch. So let's go ahead, and give our sponsors a little bit more love. Come back with our second guest express and head out into the day. All right, we are back, and I'm going to give out my second guess express first just because we're already on the topic. That Bucks pacers game, Giannis might go for 50, but that the over-under of these games remains ridiculous. It is at 257.5 right now, and you've got to play the under on that. Like I know I've been burned at least once, maybe twice, on playing Pacers-unders because they are a defense-optional team, as you already labeled them, but this is like the Jesse Pinkman meme. They can't keep getting away with this. You've already mentioned how many times the Bucks and Pacers have played this year. Their totals are 150, 147, and then the Giannis game, which was 166, and then 135. I'm sorry, these are all twos, not ones. 235, 266, right. etc. And so 257.5. I know that's where they have to set the line to get action on both sides, but it is way too high. We're starting to lose the thread of how high that is. Like this, these games are all like top 20 in the last 30 years in terms of their totals, and we don't even blink at them anymore. I'm blinking overs make friends, unders make money. Give it to me tonight on the under, even if it's not my three I gave out. I will be betting it on Caesars right after we hang
1: up. I'm taking another under for my second guest express, of course. De'Aaron Fox cash over five and a half assists up to seven yesterday, so that was awesome. I love putting that in the show. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna take the Pistons under against the Jazz. The Jazz are a much better team at home on defense. And I don't know how much it has to do with the team itself or the, the location of Salt Lake City, uh, <laughs> making that a lot of, like you know, with the elevation and just traveling to Utah. Uh, but no, I'm going to go ahead and take the Pistons under, under 114 and a half. I mean, over the last, what, since, this is about, th- since about Thanksgiving, the Jazz have held opponents to under 108 points per game at home. So, yeah. Uh, like you said earlier today, it's, it's Cade Cunningham, it's Jalen Duren, and that's about it. That's the list. So unless they combine for 75 together, I think the Pistons go under 115.
0: Yeah, they did that spotlight off their back, right? Like, they were clearly killing themselves to not uh, set the record. I mean, I know they tied it, but at least they didn't set it. And they were really going at Boston, really going at Toronto. They were really trying to win those games. And now they're just back to being, like, run in the mill terrible. And they got plenty of company. There's other run in the mill terrible teams that they don't have to extend themselves the same way. Uh, Morant did go under on rebounds again last night, buddy. Keep watching that space. That uh, that six-and-a-half line is too high. He hasn't hit it yet this year. All right, uh, you guys did Lemon Pepper Parlay yesterday. I gave it a spin. You gave out more of your Michigan reactions, and you looked forward to Week 18. Any highlights from the show you want to call out to our listeners?
1: I know Mark Gunnel's just amped to go watch Blaine, Gabbard, and Easton Stick and SoFi. You know, <laughs> I mean – I mean, but you know what, though, that just shows you how the NFL is so much different than the NBA. The NFL, there's an expectation that the guys will play in the NBA. It's like, I don't even know if the main character is going to come to this movie. Like, do I even want to bet? Do I want to buy the ticket? Because like the expectation is like I was kind of surprised to see that they were going to bench Mahomes because I think Kansas City needs reps. You know,
0: I couldn't agree more. They need reps. Also, like, where's Gunnell's confidence? He's complaining that he had to buy the uh, buy the seat so early in the season, but he's also the guy who never shuts up about the Arrowhead Invitational. I mean, I know they're wrestling going because they're locked into the three, but he thought they were going to be locked into the one. He still bought the ticket, so like, apparently, he didn't really believe what he was selling, and he was planning on seeing Blaine Gabbert the entire time.
1: I mean, that's what you, you make a very good, compelling point. I didn't put that to to because you're absolutely right. this if he just should have looked at the schedule and been like, if if things had going according to plan, Mahomes wouldn't be there regardless.
0: There you go. Well, things continue to go uh, go to plan here at the network. We had waiver wired yesterday, looking at the uh, week 18. If you're still playing, if you are, please stop doing that. Fix your fantasy league. Play a real schedule where you don't have to play the last week of the year so that people that are deciding Martin's three thousand dollar league are real guys and not Blaine Gabbard. Um we also nah, have Matt minus- LaFleur is
1: also not a real guy. <laughs> There's some some guy named Patrick Taylor had eight fourth quarter carries and cost me three thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, I know. I heard that one on Lemon Pepper we talked about a little yesterday. That is just a killer one. Uh, We've got minus three coming back later in the week, obviously also with the 15-minute pregame show. Check out extra points as well. And then Martin and I will be back on Friday to settle all hash, see if Giannis gives him a big lead, or if he threw away two units trying to chase that, that big chance, and I'm able to keep grinding out little basketball wins to best him. We'll find out on Friday. Until then, enjoy all the action. Take care, everyone. Thank you.